we're here. Hey, hey, how you going, Back guys? For another week. Very, very exciting. Hope you've been well all out there around the world. Absolutely. And you're all going out and doing stuff, going to see gigs, all that bizzo. Getting it in before, you know, the o- Omicron strain spreads. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. You know what? Oh, that that is exciting. just, I don't reckon that's going to be as bad, which is a good sign really oh. as far as viruses go. I'm I'm just gonna go out and get it. I'm sick of oh, waiting. Look, you know? I probably got it. Who knows? <laughs> I went to the hairdressers today. I can't imagine it. You know, didn't yeah, get it on you'll the fucking train. You'll have it. But for uh, sure. yeah, yeah, no. Look, on a happier <laughs> note, we are the '80s montage. I'm Sammy Hardon, and I'm Jay Jovi. We're very excited tonight. We're talking about an album. That has just turned 40. Yeah, not long ago. That's right. 16th of October. That's right, when it was released. 1981. Just seems like yesterday, but it wasn't. It was 40 years ago. Yeah, and it's Dare by the Human League. There we go, Human League. Very exciting. One of my favourite 80s bands. Yeah, and I love 80 and 81. I just love it. And I've said that before on this show. Yeah, incredible sort of age. intersection of timing like because 70s and disco and stuff was still dying out. Punk was sort of, you know, having a bit of a peak and then sort of dying out as well. New Wave was rising up out of that and every – like no one knew what New Wave was, you know. Mm. No one it, – it was called post-punk for a little while because like nobody really knew what it was. They didn't know how to – define it this sound was happening before anybody knew what to call it and they just called it new wave because it was this new sound coming through and human league were very much part of that new sound so it was a, it was a great time around then yeah so the human league started in 1977 so they had a little bit of a hard time against the punk movement because they were all computers and keyboards because there is not a guitar on there there's no guitars and that is why in our band when we do don't you want me brad is side of stage because maddie's like i don't want you on the stage like it's not even in the track and that's one thing we really try and do with this band when you listen to a band you shouldn't be able to hear guitar unless it's a, a line that needs to be in there. But there's no yeah. guitar on this album and I think that was a huge, huge thing in for those times, you know. I think I think we sort of take it for granted, you know, take it for granted now but, but sort of, you, you know, popular music for a couple of decades, God, had guitar in it, you know. Like yeah, you, that's you it, had they did, everything. guitar in it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely and then all of everything. a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden the, these electronic sounds were coming through and um, some some people found it very jarring, you know. Not everybody was like, well, you know, there's a new sound. Some people found it very jarring. So, um, you know, new electronica bands had to be incredibly good to sort of stake their claim, you know, and, and create a following. Well, I think... The only electronica band out at this time that they looked up to was Kraftwerk. Yeah. And they loved Kraftwerk and science fiction. So they wanted to mix those two together. Now, in saying that, there's two versions of Human League. So the first lineup is Martin Weir and um, Ian Craig Marsh. And mm-hmm. they had 
some fantastic music they put out there and then when they got Phil Oakey, I think Martin went to school with Phil at 16, he just looked like a rock star because when you look at Phil, the haircut was something we'd never seen either. <laughs> yeah. You know, that yeah. part to the side, long, I thought he was the hottest thing on the planet. I Because I, I thought he was Euro-Asian. I love Euro-Asian looking men and women. I think they're the <laughs> yeah. most incredible looking fucking human they beings. They are. They're beautiful. Absolutely. So beautiful. Mm. And that was when I first went, oh, I might like a bit of a new Euro-Asian mix, I think. I wish I was Eurasian. I did think that yeah. in the 80s. I was like, oh, but then my dad said I was, you know, like as a joke because, mm. you know, I wasn't my mum or his child, as you know, for a piss take. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he used to say that all the time. But so that first lineup, Martin and Ian were very synth-orientated and – they knew about synths and they knew how to write. They used to write all the music. So they give Phil a tape and they gave Phil a tape of being boiled and said, and he said, I'll take it home and write something to it. And Phil mm. had quite a low self-esteem and he just wrote this song about Hindu and Buddhism that he sort of didn't know much about. He got it very wrong but the song came out really well and he, he came back to the guys uh, Martin and Ian and they said man this shit's fantastic so yeah. believe it or not they have this fantastic song the three of them uh, and I just wanted to play that to the audience because I think it's a, an important background to introduce Dare as an album because Dare was really something that was was a scary thing for them at the time. So we'll just have a listen to Bean yeah. And this is one of my all-time favourite Human League or songs of all time. It's fucking incredible. This is my favourite Human League song. Yeah, love it. Okay, ready. Let's do it. Fucking song. Yeah, very sexy. It's just like, ah, oh, you think of any anything sort of gothy or goth rocky that came out, you know, for the next 30 years, you can hear this song and the influences spread through all those other acts, you know, for the next fucking yeah. 30, 40 years. It's incredible. Yeah, well, Maddie seems to think this is uh, Fade to Grey, you know, Fade to Grey ripped it off a bit. Oh, yeah. And you yeah, can 100%. hear it. 
And yeah. and Midge, you was the first to go, no, no, no. But I mean, I've worked with Midge and yeah, that's another story. He's a funny yeah. one, that one. But I actually do agree that it's very fade to grey, and I think um, that that was the chicken before the, uh, the egg before the chicken. You know, yeah, that was yeah. the song. So See, in, in terms of in terms of the UK. Gary Newman hadn't sort of become Gary Newman hadn't yet. Hadn't come out. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Mm. So he, he didn't he didn't yet you, you know, when when Human League started and mm. they were sort of releasing all this kind of thing, they were really the 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 front runners for they were. Electro- Electronica in the UK. Everybody Without was a doubt. looking at them. Yeah. And I remember and I think, them, I think it was Martin who saw Gary on TV and went, Oh my god, they've just stolen our thunder. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hundred percent, but like everybody was watching them. Like Bowie, Bowie went to see them and saw uh, saw them live. Sorry, I just burped. Saw them yeah. live, and um, he said he actually said something like, "I've just seen the future of pop music." Yeah, so, that's right. You know, they they really had the peer regard there. Like everybody was really excited about them. I love that. Like how cool they 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 may not. You know, it as it transpired, they may not have turned out to be like a Duran Duran, but they had the, the fuck. They had David Bowie saying that things like that about them. So, you know, huge win. That's that's amazing. Absolutely. So they had albums, reproduction, and travel log, mm-hmm. and then. The two boys left. I think the management of Human League was causing a couple of rifts between uh, the three of them and Phil ended up with the name The Human League and the boys went on to join to join a band or to start a band called Heaven 17. Yeah. Now this again is another fucking fantastic song, one of my favourites. I just want to play a little bit of Heaven 17. You, you may have heard of the name Martin Ware and gone, where have I heard it, where have I heard it? And then mm. you might hear this track and know that this is Martin. I've never been closer, i tried to understand. That sudden feeling carved by another's hand But it's too late to hesitate We can't keep on living like this
Oh, it's so camp, isn't it? I so love camp. it. The star of that oh. song is Carol Kenyon, who's the girl that sings. Yeah, beautiful vocal. Fucking incredible. I remember being at Chase's really drunk and I hadn't heard this song. It was about 1988 maybe. Yeah. It was yeah. Uh, what was their bloody Sunday night called where they played all the retro? It doesn't matter. Everyone would know it if you went there. And I was on the dance yeah. floor. It was with Cosima who used to dance with Kylie. And we were dancing and this song came on and I fucking thought I was seeing Jesus Christ when I heard her voice. Yeah, I was like, oh, my yeah. God, this is how I want to sing. This girl is incredible. And then when you look into her, she's worked with um, – you know, Roger Walters' Dark Side of the Moon, she did that gig. She went on tour with yeah. them. She worked with heaps of people and she's got the most amazing voice. And this song yeah. sold 250,000 copies. It was silver. And this was Martin Weir's song two. about sex. Yeah. Fucking amazing. number two in the UK. Amazing. It's a fucking great song. And every great. single segment is really strong. You know, it gets Incredible. stronger and stronger and stronger. And her vocal is like a surprise after about three or four sections that so have been good. really driving. You know, it's yeah, really yeah. surprising. I love it. I love it's that track. so good. So you can imagine, okay, so you've got Martin Ware. This is going a little bit forward. But my, my point is Martin has written this amazing song called Temptation About Sex and the keyboards are fucking great. He's left... Human League after, you know, the success of their first or second album and and there's Phil who can sing and the guy that does slides because yeah. they had a slide guy and they've got yeah. no musicians. So he's mm, shitting mm. himself about yeah, what he's yeah. going to do. The record company have gone, well, you've got a tour in four weeks. You better get a fucking band together or you owe exactly. us a quarter of a million dollars. And the record so, company was Virgin in ve- very, very, right. very early days as well. You know, yeah. Virgin before they were Virgin, you know. Yeah. And, um, uh, Vir- that, you know, all eyes were really on Human League as well. They were, they, you know, especially Virgin were like looking towards them to be a success story because um, – Virgin had had a success with Tubular Bells, you know, the song from bloody The Exorcist, um, but they hadn't had like a big hit to sort of push the label forward for a while. So they were really looking towards Human League uh, for, for the next thing, you know, for the next hit. So it would have been it would have been stressful for old Phil Oakey being well, sort of Well it was stressful because he couldn't play an instrument. Yeah. So yeah. he was like, what do I do? So the first thing he does is he gets a guy involved uh, that's a keyboard player. Ian Burden. Ian Burden was a guitarist and a keyboard player. So mm. they had to bring him in as the keyboard player and he was a bit of an expert. Yeah. It was when they brought in Martin Russian though where yeah. everyone went, okay, this is where we're going to have to do because he did all the taping and the computers and the programming. But before that yeah. he he wanted to get two girls in. He just wanted like two chicks. So he went to a nightclub yeah. in Sheffield yeah. and saw, you know, yeah. Susan and Joanne dancing around and just looking really cool together and they weren't a pretentious cool. They were, He said, I looked at them and I knew that in ten years' time – you wouldn't look at their clothing and think it looked stupid. They had a look about yeah. them and he loved that. And then he said, I didn't want one girl because I wanted to take two girls on tour so they could keep each other company. Kind of like getting one, <laughs> two puppies instead of one, you know. 
<laughs> having two babies instead of one. So he found them on the dance floor. The name of the club was the Crazy Daisies Nightclub in Ooh. Sheffield. So it was crazy in there, man. Crazy Daisies. Wow. And he Wouldn't picked you have, them up. You, you have loved to have gone back there. Yeah, Sheffield. God, yeah. I just hear all of this and I, th- I think of the UK in this time and how – um, how much of an identity those those sort of outer cities had in the UK, uh, Sheffield, Liverpool, Manchester, so forth, and just think like fucking ha- the incredible bands that came out of these cities at the time, and y- you know you just want to want to have gone back there and be there and be part of the movement when they all started, you know, so exciting. Yeah. Absolutely. And the mm. fashion. But, I mean, I thought of another episode today. I thought we could do um, original haircuts of the 80s because we've done mullets of the 80s. Yeah, we but have. But there are a yeah. lot of interesting haircuts and Phil was mm. one of those guys. Lamal was one of those guys. Yes. There are a lot of different hairstyles yeah. that you could talk about as like a part two of mullets of the 80s because yeah, I you, thought he was stunning. I wouldn't yeah. have kicked him out of bed, you know what I mean? At all. It could just be like heads of the 80s, you know. Heads of the 80s, yeah. <laughs> Who had heads a unique head? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, that's right. Who mm. did? Gary Newman had a unique head. He did. Say. So Joanne and Susan are 16, I think, or 17. They're very young and wow. they're still at school. So yeah. they go home to their parents and they go, oh, my God, because they knew Philoki, they had tickets to go and see the next tour. At a place called Doncaster, mm. and right. he's around. And then anyway, the mum and dad were like, "No, you're not doing that." Da 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 da. And then they invited Phil around mm. for dinner, and Phil turns up, you know, full face makeup with his hair on flicked, going, oh, "I want to take your daughters away and make them rock stars," you know. And the yeah. girls really yeah, wanted great. to do it, but they just wanted to have fun. They didn't see it as anything huge, you know. Nah. What were they? What was going to happen? We just go and see the world and have a laugh, you know. Little yeah, did they know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Joanne mm. and Susan get involved and then they write this record with Martin Russian. Martin Russian was an absolute genius and we're going to play another song from him later on as a one-dick wonder as well. But Awesome. They really gelled as a group and they're very – this, the three of them are still really loyal to each, to each other. Yeah. Like none of them yeah. have had a bad thing to say about each other. If they have, they've said it to the, to each other's face and then they've never ever done the dirty on each other either and that's what Phil says. He goes, the two girls yeah. are so loyal and we've just kept yeah, together. Because now, you, I mean, they've been together for 40 years. You know, that's a long time. Yeah. Gotcha. Over 40 yeah, years. Yeah, fuck yeah. Absolutely. Still touring today and – the reason why it brings back fond memories for me is because I saw them tw- – I've seen Human League twice. I've seen them – I think it was billboards when Maddie That's went right. to see that. Yeah. And then and I the took Palais. your husband. You That's were right. meant to come to watch my <laughs> husband on stage. I turned up as they were fucking playing the last song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember? And fuck. I remember looking at Susan going, fuck, I've really picked up on her moves. It's all hands yeah, in right. the air, you know. And and, yeah. and I remember um, Mika going, yeah, she's very you. And I'm like, oh, fuck. You don't know how much you pick up from people that yeah. you watch. Because I was a Human League fan, but I can't say I was a huge fan where I used to buy all their records and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? My they weren't a human, sort of yeah. 
they they weren't a kind of fanatic band. They weren't like a Beatles mania band. You know what I mean? They no. they they didn't they didn't have that. They had sort of they had respect. You really took stock of them. But like something, the, the girls and Ian did bring a really particular energy into the band and into this album as well. Like it was quite a departure in sound for it Human was. League. Yeah, and sort of the the other two, um, I, I guess Electronica. Before this album was very dark because it was sort of atmospheric, you know, electronic sounds were very, yeah, atmospheric and exploratory. And the sort of, I guess, the political landscape in the UK was very. It's kind of like the Thatcher years and there was a lot of anger and, Mm. um, Mm. you know, a a lot of conflict in the UK and sort of that was really soaked up into this sort of electronic sounds. Now, it wasn't until, I I guess, this album and, look, other bands at the time that who were all watching each other, by the way, things really lifted and like – a lightness, a joy really came in and sort of a sense of pop, you know, into mm. electronica. And and then it's sort of largely captured in, in this album, you know, that, that, that big changeover. It's incredible. Oh, huge. Mm. And I think it hasn't aged at all. Like no, it's it like really a fine hasn't. Line. You, 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 fucking... you listen to this. I was listening to it today oh, going, oh my God, this yeah. is genius. Yep. You know. I absolutely agree. And, and they're kind of mini agree. nursery rhymes, you know, yeah. nursery rhyme yeah. kind of songs. And, yeah. and people have studied that and, and the more, the closer you can write a song towards a nursery rhyme, 100%. the bigger the hit. Absolutely. It's like, it's like a huge talent to be able to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I don't think they meant it at the time. No. But they were, the girls we're just singing the bits and pieces they had to sing. But I just thought we might play the first track off the album. So when you whack awesome. the album on your record player, this is the one you're going to hear and it just you just start on the journey straight away. You just feel it. Yep. Let's have a listen. Yep. See the things you've only 
It's mate, inspirational. It is ahead of its time. I'm sorry, but you could play that out at a fucking bar in Melbourne. I yeah. can see it. You can play that out at a bar at Melbourne now in a club in Melbourne. Yeah. All you would really need to do is probably um, mix it with a bit of kick bass just to, 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 to sort of match with sounds of today and it would completely ha- get people up and moving. It's like cyber porn for me. Oh, it's so just sexy. so fucking good. You want to take your clothes off and go for yeah, a drive? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? I nearly did with Phil Oakey one night. Did I tell you about that? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, okay. It's such a bad story because I should have fucked him really. Um, <laughs> I went to see them, I think it was here and now. It was a concert yeah. here and now. And I had a boyfriend at the time. And I went in my best party dress because I thought, oh, I'll wear like a human league sort of little dress with tulle and, you know, I wear it in the band. That's all I had yeah. really close from Rewind 80s. So I was like, well, it wasn't Rewind 80s at the time. It was the trivia show I was doing. And I wore yeah. this dress and Phil and the girls were walking towards me and Phil looked at me and went, oh, you're cute. And I shit my dax because I was like, oh, God, <laughs> fuck. He's actually pointed me out, you know, and gave me the look. Where and the was The girls this? gave me the worst look ever because I'm pretty sure oh, he's been Where, with What was this on Chapel Street or something? No, no, the Hilton. One of my Hilton outings oh, that I went Oh, fuck on. off. You know when I met Simon at the well, Hilton? What? The Hyatt, yeah. sorry, the yeah, Hyatt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I was hanging oh, out Oh, the there. Grand Hyatt in the city. Well, the Here and Now oh. band was um, Chris Becker and all the Aussie dudes. So I'm pretty yeah. sure I was there just hanging out with them. The here and now yeah, guys yeah. were friends of mine. So mm. I got really like, oh, my God, Jesus, this is full on. But he's not afraid to say whatever he wants. But, yeah, that was pretty funny. Good but I sh- should have done that but didn't in the end. That's you could have nice come back. Yeah, you're not bad either. I, you yeah. know, I think it was a different time for me where I wasn't as confident. I don't know what it was but I, you just gave me a bit yeah. of a – when it really means something, it's like it's funny with rock stars and pop stars. You don't realize how you're going to react until you're actually face to face, right? And I thought with Madonna, yeah, when I was face to face with her, I would just fucking lose my mind. She's the one I'm less impressed yeah. by. But when I saw Prince, who I wow. didn't think I would be that impressed by, I shit myself. So it just depends on yeah. the artist. You don't know how yeah. your body's going to react. And mine just went into fucking freak yeah, mode. Ugh, yeah. Ugh, ugh. You know, but yeah, yeah very, yeah, very, yeah. very cool guy. And of course, he went out with Joanne awesome. for eight years, and then I think he dated Susan wow. for a little while. So this is the this the first track of, of Dare, yeah, 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 eight years, man. And and they're mm. still friends. Mm. Like that's pretty fucking good. That is a very good thing. Yeah. Uh, written by Oakley and yeah. Wright. So he's off the slides and obviously making music on keyboards, which is awesome. I think they just basically taught themselves keyboards because they had no other alternative. Pretty much. And, I mean, it, it helps because the synth lines are very simple but they only need to be, you know. They're, yeah, they're simple. not overdone. They're just fucking cool. They're yeah, really yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. And the it. thing is a lot of this equipment they were using, especially with um, Martin, Mm. People didn't have this equipment. They didn't even know how it worked. And I was yeah. just reading, like the like the Lindrum. Okay, that was that's starting to come in the Lindrum. Jupiter eight and a Jupiter four. The Fairlight was obviously around. The yep. Roland MC eight was 
I've had a look into that because I was like, I wonder if it's like the Roland MC500. MC500 was a sequencer where you put the three and a half disc in live and then it, it starts the music live for you. And mm. in the studio you can run a click off it and then, you, of course, you can get all the musos to, to work around that. So yeah. that might have been a better version of an MC500 because they had a Mark II after that. I don't know. Yamaha, they did use Yamaha and they did use Casios, which I found interesting because I I keep thinking Casios are like something you buy at Dandenong Market, you know. Yeah. And (laughs) teach students with. Yeah. So, which is a good segue into our TV commercial this week. Hey. Here we go. Casio presents an unfair competition. This Casio MP520 versus a full set of drums. Rim shot, bass, cymbals, bongos. Casio has it all. So now the unfair part. It's eight note polyphonic with a recording memory and a dozen presets. Casio keyboards, they're the ones to beat. Oh, I don't think they are. Fucking hell, who did they get to record that? Liberace? Fucking no, no, that was the thing in the 80s. It was very, you know, that's the Seinfeld sort of piss take, you know, like Seinfeld <laughs> were piss taking yeah. to those old keyboard players, you know, that <laughs> yeah. used to do that stuff. But Dave Allen was also assistant programming and engineer on the album as well. Awesome. And Casio, that was an 80s commercial, so Casio started to be put in brushes and stuff like that where you could buy your own yep. keyboard with your own drummer and bass player. And this was the other backlash that Human League had against them was that the industry sort of thought they were trying to put musicians out of work by running everything on computer. Yeah, yeah. And people got really scared of that, which is ridiculous, but it looked like it was going that way because when everyone heard the Human League sound and how huge it was – yeah. That's when things started to really change. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't it, – it didn't end up being sort of uh, electronic music that put music, musos out of business. Ended up being pokies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fucking Ended the up irony. Being, uh, f- well, this is the thing. I was thinking about this today, right? So mm. a band like Human League writes music and the first – sequencer they have on stage is a tape deck. So they have like a reel-to-reel tape deck in their first lineup where you take the reel-to-reel on stage and you use that because there's nothing to do. There's nothing around for people that do synths live, right, because the industry was all about buying records. It was all about buying CDs and buying singles, you know, and then all of a sudden now it's about working live. You don't make money off the records anymore. You make no money. So the whole industry, Mm. even the synthesizers, had to come up with something where people could use this stuff live, you know. It wasn't easy to take around a bloody Jupiter 6 or a Jupiter 8 to your gig because they were so huge and heavy and if they got knocked over, that's the end of them, you know. So the industry really still has to change where they can have Mm. this keyboard stuff live, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, 100%. it was it's a, it was a funny time because it was all about records in those years, and no one cared if you couldn't do it live because why should you? You're putting out records That's now, right. fucking. Yeah. They've got to still work live as the human league. That's right. Because they've made it's their the money, so they're kind of lucky that they've lived that mm. whole 80s, 70s, 80s thing, 
and been yeah. really successful. Yeah, for with, real. Yeah. With with Dare, I mean Dare went number 3 in Australia, platinum, Canada platinum, New Zealand platinum, United Kingdom Kingdom 3 times platinum, 900,000 sales. Gold in the United States, 500,000. Yeah. Gold, like they're an English band. They've just gone gold in the United States. That's every band's fucking dream. Yeah, every band's dream. Yeah. You've got to go out and play this shit live. How do you do it? Yeah. You go yeah. to the, you know, like it's just they really had a lot against them. It wasn't just <laughs> having girls that, you know, and then there were cougars or little girls that are watching the band going, how come you've got a job with the Human League when you're just average, you know? Yeah. They used yeah, to cop that all yeah. the time. Yeah, 100%. Because yeah. the story was they were picked up off What's the so dance floor. What's so good about you? Yeah. You yeah. don't even have long hair. What's with the short <laughs> hair, you know? That wasn't even a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you get asked to join uh, a band and then you're shagging him for eight years. It's fucking not bad, yeah. mate. Oh, yeah. like it. Hey, and another thing that sort of shifted with this album is the, I guess, the focus towards fashion a lot more as well. Mm. Um, and you can see it in the cover. You can actually see it in the record cover just with the sort of the, the little panel with the face. But also the font of League is the same font as Vogue, Vogue magazine. It was, you know, basically the cover is a is a tribute or a rip-off to Vogue magazine. So yeah, they were well really, that's, yeah. yeah, really going for that sort of fashion thing. Phil was the fashion icon. So Phil would yeah. let the producers in the studio do whatever they wanted. He just mm. went with their ideas. But when it came to the look and the fashion and the a way it was um, – the way they were perceived, he was yeah. right on it. It was either yeah. yes or no, you know. Wow, wow. And that's it's why sort of, Martin Russian loved working with him. It's that similar sort of thing like say with Depeche Mode and at a similar time as well where, um, you know, fundamental members of the band moved on to other bands, you know. Happened a lot, yeah. Yeah, it Joy did Division. happen a lot. And I find I, I just I, I find that so incredible because they would have been such a young age and to sort of have success at a young age like that and then to just like go nah I'm gonna go and fucking do this and then well, but, but then actually go and get more success you know it's amazing I think in the eighties it was old to be nineteen twenty you were yeah, already old. Yeah, like yeah, nowadays that's right. you can be famous because it's a YouTube sort of community or whatever. You yeah. don't even have to show your face, but you, if you were famous at sixteen, it wasn't unheard of. You know, it really wasn't. People were doing things and taking risks. You know, like then these are people that don't have much money. They don't know how to dream. They're just doing mm. it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Which is incredible, but yeah. So yeah, Phil wanted that. Lookalike Vogue. The designer was Ken Ansel and the photographer was Brian Aries. Beautiful. Aries. And he loved that. And then they had different album covers with the girls on it and then the boys and they had different sort of versions of it. The girls yeah. always wanted to wear their hair back. I've watched a million interviews today, so sorry, I've got all this stuff in my head. <laughs> no, um, it's great. Put their hair back because they knew that in 25 years – now this is how full on they were about themselves. In 30 years, if I don't have my hair back and I've got some stupid 80s hairstyle, I'm going to mm. look shit house. So we're going to yeah. wear our hair back. So they were very – 
planned. And and the girls wow. used to take the new songs to the nightclub and play them when yeah. they weren't even out to see yeah. how they'd go because the girls knew what they knew with the sound and how what they heard, yeah. what made them yeah. dance. So that's why Phil loved them because they knew the sound that worked. Mm, mm, that's right. That's that's one thing I love about uh, dance tracks as well is that they will do that. They'll take it to the club before it's been released, play it and just see how the crowd react. Um, you know, like lots of sick, lots of sort of big dance hits like like um, Madonna's Hung Up and stuff like that. They'd go and play it and just fucking see how people react and then they'd tinker yeah. with it and do different stuff. So I love that and about it, dance and music. It, and it was, yeah, but it was people like this that they were doing it because they've seen mm. these people like Joanne and Susan go in and do it. It wasn't yeah. a thing that people did. Because no, these no. really aren't dance tracks. They're kind of album tracks that yeah, are avant-garde right. with a little bit yeah. of attitude. Yeah. And it could have cleared the dance floor. You don't know. Exactly. But because the girls took it in and they started dancing, it's just putting the seat out there, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, nightclub record producers did start doing that because it was an easy test to see whether it would sell. Yeah, yeah. You know. Absolutely. So uh, we'll play another track from the album. This is side two, track four. And this is like one of my favourite tracks off the album. I really love it. For the chorus on that one. Yeah. I love how Phil wrote 
the two verses. I mean, it was either chorus in straight away or two really long verses to introduce the story, then the chorus. Yeah, which yep. was great because when he, when Martin and the other guy left the first lineup, Phil had noticed that in the charts, Michael Jackson was had just come out with "Off the Wall" and high voices were really important to chart. Yeah, with yeah, so he mm-hmm. wanted two girls in the band to bring out that sound ah. in his own in his own music because Smart. that was the way he thought that was going to go, and he was right Smart. on that. Yeah, because. You know, Phil Oakey, I've seen people sing Electric Dreams and really stretch mm. for that. They'll always be together. They can't fucking get there. It's He's a good singer. Yeah. He's a great yeah. singer. And he, he's got that, that, that range where you've got to just reach over the cliff to get it. And people struggle with yeah. it. And I yeah, don't yeah. – I think maybe he just didn't realise the vocal he had and stuff like that. But – yeah, he def- definitely wanted to use the girls and he just thinks they were a match made in heaven. Everyone thought he was a little bit crazy. What we need yeah. is girls. Have we ever done album. that? Have we ever done that in the band? Have we ever done Electric, Electric Dreams? Electric Dreams. Yeah. No, we haven't. We haven't. That'd be good. What did we do that died though? We did another one of those songs. People didn't get it. It wasn't Electric Dreams, it was the other thing. Oh, it was fucking Lamal. It was um, Never Ending Story. Yeah, yeah, Never Ending Story. No yeah. one got it. Too yeah. young. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, if that doesn't work, fuck, I'm not going to try Electric Dream. And dreams. we thought they'd get it because of fucking Stranger Things, but they completely didn't. Yeah, 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 they didn't. <laughs> I would prefer to do Sound of the Crowd or something like that to show off the keyboards in our band. Yeah, Because right. that's one thing that a lot of 80s bands don't have that do covers are really fantastic keyboards and not even original bands have fantastic keyboards, you know what I mean? Like keyboards yeah. were sort of hidden in the 80s. Yeah, These they guys were. just wore it, you know, put it in front of them and went, this is yeah. what we are, like, you yeah. know, like yeah. the war zone. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, so Love Action is my favourite. Uh, George Michael uh, sampled that. For mm. one of his songs. Oh, did was he? Was it Walk the Dog or something? It was a political statement that George Wasn't Michael. Wasn't it Shoot the Dog or something? Shoot the Dog or something. Yeah, Walk the Dog. Fucking hell. Walk the <laughs> walk dinosaur. Walk the dog out and shoot whatever. it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, walk the dog out and shoot it. <laughs> walk it down into the laneway, shoot it. <laughs> And then just come back like nothing's happened. Oh, God, absolutely. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the single on the album that no one liked in the band. Fucking hated it. It's the last <laughs> song on the album for this reason. They hated it. They were like, Is it the we big don't want to release it. Yeah. Phil mate, just went, mate, it's a, it's a filler. This is the song that saved Virgin Records. That's right. Yeah, this Richard is Branson the song that saved happy. it. Yeah, it went all like around the world. Do you like this song, though? Do I do like, like it. You I do. do like it. See, yeah. I, I actually agree with Human League and think it's their weakest song. Oh, Absolutely. look, I don't think it's their strongest song, but I do like mm. the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it's not as it's not as grating as something like fucking um, Just Can't Get Enough by Depeche mm. Mode. You know what I mean? I think yeah. this is their Just Can't Get Enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, everyone had one, didn't they? 
Everyone oh, yeah, had a absolutely. song like this. It was either yeah. Hungry Like the Wolf, Duran Duran. We've talked about that before. Classic yeah. songs for classic albums. And yeah. I actually didn't buy this album because of this track. I just oh, wasn't okay. a huge – I liked the video but I wasn't a huge fan of this. It was too whingy and it's very nursery rhymey. But I know yeah. you guys love it. A lot of Human League fans love it. And a lot of Human League fans are a little bit on the fence with it, you know. Number and one in the UK, number one yeah, in the UK, number the four in Australia and number one in the USA. Yeah, Amazing, that's right. amazing. Yeah. Number one Incredible. in the US and yeah. the record company said to Phil, if you're the best that you have in Britain, we don't want any of it. That oh, guy was are you fucking sacked serious? on the spot, sacked on the spot and told there's the fucking door and Are the song you was huge. Serious? Here God. it is now. You were working as a waitress in a Do love Joanne's voice in that? Yeah, it's fucking. She's great. fucking very good. Look, I love performing it. Don't get me wrong, I love performing yeah. this track, but I just mm. don't like it that much. It's one of those songs yeah. where I love performing it, but I think "Sound of the Crowd" or something off that album, being like even being boiled. I'm a huge Crash fan of that album. Where yeah, it's Jimmy yeah. Jam and Terry Lewis. Like, I love I Need Your Loving. I love Human. Mm. I think Human was another fucking phenomenal song. Yeah. This was like a nursery rhyme to me. Like, one and two and three and four and seven and eight. <laughs> you know, I can't do it. It's too fucking kindergarten. And you know what? They'd probably agree with me, but it's made them a fucking fortune. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. God, yeah, mate. It's look they, and I mean they. You know, in their sets at the moment, they might do it twice. 
They they might they do might. it a couple of times as well. They 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 completely own it. I mean, they do. They, they do. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and there they you go. understand they've got to do it. They have to do it. Yeah, but yeah. Um, the record company really had to fight them all on this and said, you know, you've got to put this out. This is huge. This is the one. And mm. then of course, yeah. MTV got hold of it because it was 1981. So. There weren't many videos around for MTV, so this was one of those videos that was smacked on the US, you know, show as well. And you've just got yeah. instant add water, you know, and it grows. Yes, yeah. yeah. But yeah. um, yeah. yeah. Look, it's that track on the album that people love. It's fun to play. There's a story, you know. Mm. And, and I mean, the story. Like this is how they met. This is how Phil met the girls. You know, they in, in a fucking cocktail bar. You know what I mean? I don't and know they if weren't they were waitresses. Yeah. No, they <laughs> weren't. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Martin Russian said he loves hearing the vocals in that song because it sounds like the prostitutes need to be wanted. And I went, oh, now you've explained it in that way. I oh, kind of wow. fucking like it, right? Like yeah. what a dag. The prostitutes need to be wanted that is singing. I fucking love that. <laughs> I don't know where I heard that today but I was like, oh, my God, I love you. Oh, you know? uh, brilliant. You, you sell it to me like that, then I like it a lot more. Yeah. Love oh, it though. Yeah. Lo- it's, look, it's, I, I can't help. Like, like it makes me move. I, I, I love it, you know. No, I'm, I don't hate it. It's not like yeah. I don't want to do it. I love performing it but mm. – it didn't make me buy the record, I can tell you now. Yeah, yeah. I just and, and oh, look, the record will be shit. It's a great male-female f- duet. It really yeah, it is. A, is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. So we're going to do a One Dick Wonder now. Hey. Who's this week's One Dick Wonder? He's pretty legendary. Yeah. Here we go.
what a song. One of my favourite songs ever. Yeah. How exciting. It's so camp. I don't know about you guys, but we fucking dance our asses off when the songs are playing in this show. So I hope you are too, guys, at home. Yeah, in your car, everywhere, in the bus. Always bopping around in the bus, just humanly. Yeah, fuck them all. In the train. Pete Shelley, so he died in 2018. I remember... This was 1981, so I'm very young. Watching this guy in a doctor's surgery going, and I'm like, what's a homo sapien? What the fuck is that, an animal? What's going on? And I knew it was about gay sex, but I wasn't sure. I'm too young, you know. But I love that he was standing up for someone. You know, he was standing up for someone. So this was banned by the BBC again, that and relax. Of course. Because yeah. of an explicit reference to gay sex. So there you go. What's and, the explicit um, reference? I well, he goes, he says things like, um, it's it's sort of like a homo-positive hit of 1981. So he, yeah. he says, I don't want it to classify like an animal in the zoo. You know, like a different oh, person. Oh, I see, and, right. Um, a homo Say uh, ho- homo superior in my interior, which is his ass, right? Yeah. If you read yeah. it that way, oh, so I it get was it. very, very like a huge gay anthem still. Oh fuck yeah! And you can hear changing it. Changing the way that people were labelled. Love it, absolutely love it. Very empowering and and yeah, yeah. Cool. And I love a voice. I love bad voices when they're fucking not trying to be bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you've got a bad voice and you think you're good, yeah. fuck off. But if you've got a bad voice and you know it's bad and you're fucking making money from it, yeah. fucking bring it on. Yeah. Right? There is a difference. Yeah. And there's oh, sort I of think like there's, a there, there's like a punk way of delivering it. Like you yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't say sort of, I don't know, like Iggy Pop, you know, like you wouldn't say Iggy Pop no. is some incredible fucking singer, but he's punk he, he, and he sort of gets it across and it's so fucking cool, you know. It's similar, similar kind of thing. I love it. I, I love, love it too, what and cool I love song. the Pommy accent and stuff. It's a great song, one of my favorite songs. Yeah, I totally, being totally. A little girl watching it on sounds, going, "Wow, this guy's really interesting." He was sort of like a Gary Newman, but not really. And it's even like the a song Mick Jagger vocal, catchy. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this was Martin Russian's first, or one of his first productions when he brought his keyboards and stuff. Was yeah. Pete Shelley before? The Human League, as far as I know. So that's why I wanted to bring him up as a one dick wonder. But he's not a bad dick because I think it's a great song and I think if you've had one song in your lifetime and it's like this, you're pretty much on a winning streak. Especially at this time. And what do we say to our one dick wonder? Nice Nice one one dick. dick. All right, so we're going to play another track from Dare. Of course, we are celebrating. We're a bit late, guys. It was October, but we had so much going on with COVID and fitting shows in that we needed to do a 40th anniversary. It's very important in in an 80s mon- or the 80s montage mm. or any 80s fucking podcast as far as I'm concerned to celebrate the fact that Dare is 40. 
Yeah. And we are around. Yeah. We are under the pump at the moment as well, especially you. Like looking at all the tour dates and everything coming up, like written down was so fucking exciting. It's going to be a huge year next year. It's going to be fantastic. Yes, it takes a long time to book those theatres, but we're going to do it and we're going to have a lot of fun. Now, this is another track that I love from the album as well. Give this a listen. Love it. So what a two beautiful track fucking three. song. It is a beautiful song. And have a listen. I mean, there's people that are going to be listening to the show that listen to this album every week. Even yeah. my, even Edward today said, I was saying, well, we're just going to do Dare tonight. I've been on the train watching interviews and stuff. And he goes, oh, I listen to that album every week. Just oh, it's a safe a play. It's a safe yeah. play. It's like you can whack it on and play the entire album and there's nothing grating about it. It's just fucking cool all the way through. I love and it. And it's all so different, each track. Yeah. Like there's colour in all the tracks. It's not like it was produced to sound the same. And, you know, you're actually going on a journey where it is sort of like, you know, yeah. You dodge them car and you hit the edge and then you sort of go back again and go, oh, God, that's <laughs> yeah. good. You know, it's like being on a dodge them car kind of. But um, yeah. I loved that about the Human League because they didn't – the only time they were really produced was with um, Jam and Lewis, but I also yeah. really fucking loved that. I'm right yeah. into that. I thought yeah, that, was, that was when – that was the album I brought, Crash, awesome. on vinyl. Ah. I just loved it. And I couldn't put my finger on it at that stage who the producers were. Mm. And people kind of thought um, Phil had 
was going nuts getting them in to produce. But it's a really clever move because when you look at it, the Human League weren't just big in the UK. They were huge in the US. US, yeah. Which was a big thing. So getting a US producer for a US sound just totally a great idea. Bowie did it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, 100% really smart. Yeah. Really smart. So that was seconds. I want to awesome. start. I want to speak English in this, you know, like do a yeah, do the accent. We've got one more track. Yeah, do the accent. Awesome. Sheffield accent. I don't yeah. know what the Sheffield accent is. It's lovely hearing them talk though in an interview. In fact, Phil Oakey reminds me of Dallas's little kids. He answers yeah, right. like Dallas's children. <laughs> Very intelligent, really well thought out. Yeah. A little yeah. bit annoying, but you're yeah. there with them. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, he every time I, w- I was watching Phil, I was like, oh my God, they're like Dallas's kids. They just talk like him, no way. and they're also musos. It's just something they just live in their own way. You yeah, know? love that, love that. Yep. Yeah. So we're going to play one more track for you, which is a ripper as well. We hope you've enjoyed the tr- you know the fortieth anniversary of Dare. We're a little bit late. It's October. What is it now? December. But fuck it, we're late. Yeah. Yep. But we're going to play this one and uh, enjoy it. Fucking fantastic. Another classic. Absolutely mm. love it. Beautiful, Every song's beautiful. Great. It's Every just song's a full great. Package. 
Yeah, Molly Meldrum really used to is. love this album. Yeah, Molly yeah, it's really absolutely cool. raved about this record yeah, from day yeah. one. Oh, like gotcha. He was right on it. It's fantastic. I'm so glad we're touching on it now. Like, guys yeah. out there, play it, listen to it. Do something that we don't do anymore, and that's play an entire album through in the order that it was meant to be played. Go yes. for it because it really is an investment. It's awesome. Absolutely. And vinyl's so hot at the moment. And I'm sure you can find this even you can, on the website. You really can. Yeah, you can find this in record stores. Yeah, I've got this. Oh, yeah, we've got it mm. too. I don't know where it is. I think it's in my cabinet. But just putting it on and letting the vinyl play while you do yeah. things is incredible. Yeah. So yeah. we should – thank you very much for listening um, to the 80s montage. We're going to just give you a little bit of a gig guide for our band. Gig guide. Because we gig guide. Because we can. Fucking how exciting. Yeah, we can. going to be at rehearsal tomorrow night. Oh. We are rehearsing tomorrow night for the first time in bloody six months or something. Yeah. Like since we've done that last up. gig. Oh. We've got a couple of functions next week that are private. Oh, we've got yeah. three in a row, which is the week after as well. Yes. Four in a row. Okay, so the first gig back is the Princess Theatre in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Get your tickets. The website for that is rewind80smixtape.com.au. All the mixtape gigs are on that website. Great. That's selling really well and you need to get your ticket because it's not that far away. It's seven weeks away but that's just going to fly. Yeah. You'll put it into context with Christmas and it might as well be next week. Absolutely. And then we're in Geelong on the 5th of Feb at the Sphinx Hotel in Geelong. That's right. Doing a night there, which -hmm. will be very special. Then we go Mm -hmm. to the Wedge on Saturday, February the 19th. Uh, The Wedge is already selling really well. We've done that before and I'm thinking we might even open with, Don't you want me, baby? Fuck yeah. And I might come out just as a waitress and you can spin me around and you should wear a Phil Oakey wig. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Chop up that black thing you used to wear. <laughs> I'm excited to go all to, uh, to all these towns because, like, we get to sort of meet new people and root them all. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh, we do. We love rooting the locals. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, Day on the Creek, Tasmania, uh, 26th yeah? of Feb. Yeah, look out yeah. for that one. That's yeah. on our website, rewind80sband.com. Then we've got a couple of weddings. Uh, Pasco Vale Hotel, March the 13th. There's Oh, the commercial's going to be a big one, March the 19th next year. Commercial in South Morang. Get your tickets for that. They're nearly sold out, so get on that. And then we're in Bendigo. So, But all these gigs are on rewind80sband.com. And it's going to creep up on us. Like this this rehearsal I thought was next week, yeah, tomorrow. that's right. It does. It does creep up. And so, guys, you know, these uh, – under the current conditions, they will sell out. So grab your tickets now. Mm, and, yeah, and fucking give, give, them as, give them as fucking Christmas presents and that mm. kind of shit. You yeah, know, It's absolutely. so much fun. Like it, somebody that doesn't – even know about Rewind 80s, somebody doesn't even know about 80s montage, buy them the ticket and give them a great experience. They'll love it. It's a sure bet. Absolutely. Pass it on. What do they call it when you buy something for someone? Venereal diseases. No, yes. Besides that, that, 
You pass when you that buy on. someone a coffee. Oh, being a slut. No. Oh, no? Is that something different? <laughs> no, you're not getting no. no, it's passing uh, it on or something or pass it Paying down it forward. <laughs> paying it forward. There you go. Yeah. Pay it forward with a Rewind 80s ticket. They'll love yeah. you forever. Beautiful. So the 80s montage have all the details. The website is the80smontage.com. Mm-hmm. And if you love the show, guys, get your friends on board. Most importantly, please like, share, rate and review. Give us five stars and become a follower. Don't just sort of mm. listen every now and then. Just just subscribe, you know, hit Absolutely. follow. And that will shoot us up the ratings, get us up mm. there, spread the word, get us around because, you know, we're Auss- Aussie battlers at the end of the day. Just plugging along, doing our fucking thing. So get the word out, guys. We play all around the world. It's very exciting. Yeah, good on you guys. And we have enjoyed doing this show over lockdown and now we're coming out of it and it's going to be tricky because we've got gigs and and then we're going to have to fit in this and other things that are coming through. It's good to be busy. It's great. I just thought, I thought, Dare, we've got to do Dare 40 years. What a legendary album. 100%. 100%. And they're doing a 40th year tour in Britain. Oh, great. Go and see yeah, that so if they come out here. Oh, yeah, yeah. great. Oh, God, we can only wish. Yeah, yeah. We can only wish. They love Australia too. They love coming out here. Well, yeah. the last time they came out here, Maddie was on the tour with Pseudo Echo. That's right, he was too. Yeah. So, hey, um, know, special he... shout out to our existing subscribers and our yes. Patreons. Best thing you can do, guys, if you love the show, become a Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month and for $10 a month, you can get all the extra episodes and stuff, all the juicy behind-the-scenes business. Exactly, exactly. So thanks for supporting the show, the existing Patreons and subscribers. We love you. Good on you, guys. And and the Patreon website is patreon.com forward slash the 80s montage podcast. 100%. 100%. Love it. Mm. Who are you again? Sammy Hardon. And I'm Jay Jovi and I had a threesome the other night and this is you the 80s. did 80- not. This is the 80s montage. You fucking did not. And if it's music mateys. Or cool shit from the 80s. We're going to talk about it. Unreal. Ah, so fucking stupid.